You're listening to Heating Up the UK, a Miami Heat UK-based podcast, bringing you the best heat media guests every single week. Here's your host, Dan Healy, brought to you by at the Miami Heat UK social media network. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to episode 44 of Heating Up the UK. A Miami Heat's UK-based podcast. I am your host, Dan Healy. And before we come into today's episode, I just want to thank everybody who has checked out our latest venture on the YouTube channel, which is our live streaming show, pre-game before every game. It is uh, game day from the UK, uh, where four guys come together just to chat uh, about the upcoming game. And uh, it has been a great amount of fun. We've only done three so far, but it's been brilliant. Thank you so much to everybody that has joined in the chat, etc. It's early days. We're not going to be uh, hitting hangover time levels or anything like that anytime <laughs> soon. But it has been real fun. Um, so thank you so much for everybody that has jumped in. We do this at 8.30 UK time. That's 3.30 over Eastern time in the US. So whatever side of the pond you're on, come and join us for 20, 30 minutes pre-game. And uh, we'll have a bit of fun. But it has been great. And while you're there, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. That is Miami Heat UK TV. On to today's episode, and I'm delighted to be joined by another fantastic member of the Miami Heat Beats alumni. It's Jack Alfonso. Jack, how you doing, mate? I'm good. How are you? I'm, I'm very well, thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for joining me because um, I understand it has been a rough week in Texas. How are you? <laughs> it, yeah, it's been a rough week. We were talking about it a little beforehand. Been without power, so we had to delay this. You were kind enough to delay it for me. Um, but power's back on and I'm ready to go. Great stuff, great stuff. Yeah, I'm pleased that it's uh, it's warming up a little bit. You've got some heat and power back. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's um, obviously that's been pretty scary. So I'm pleased, uh, pleased things are good for you. Um, you join a, a better time, I suppose, because um, 24 hours or so ago, Heat Twitter once again was in the latest meltdown. It was civil war once again uh, after <laughs> dropping two pretty bad games, two infuriating games to the Clippers and the Warriors. Um, before we come on to that, um, obviously a good bounce back win last night against Sacramento Kings. Um, for me, Jack, this was a really pleasing performance because I didn't hold up much hope. I thought the Kings were well rested. They hadn't played since Monday. We was off of a, obviously a second night of a back-to-back after going to overtime as well. I thought maybe spirits and morale might be a bit down after letting that one fl- uh, slip through our fingers. But I thought last night it was a 100% well-controlled. Um, like we played it at our tempo. Um, there were some great performances all the way through. We'll dive into it a little bit, but before I go any further, what did you make of last night's win? Um, I think you can't really be picky about wins at this point. You know, this is not a wonderful team. Um, so just to see them basically play the whole game, you know, like the problem has been that they've been giving up leads and stuff and that they haven't really been playing throughout. Um, I think the win was really encouraging. And I honestly think the most encouraging thing were, were some of the comments that Jimmy Butler had after the game where he was acknowledging that this team is not very good right now and that they kind of had to stop the bleeding and get back to um, like work their way back to a team that wanted to be taken seriously. And I thought that was, that's what this game was, was um, them kind of acknowledging the place they are at it, within the NBA. Um, yeah. They don't look like the former finals team yeah. and they really need to kind of claw their way back into relevance. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. And that, that is uh, sort of well summarized by Jimmy because um, yeah, as we said, it was, it was infuriating to, to drop those two games. And um, especially when, 
you know, we had big leads uh, t- twice really in that um, in that last game against Warriors, and it was a little bit of um, there was a little bit of terrors coming back at some point last night in uh, I think the third and the fourth where um, big leads got back to within ten, and you thought, oh, here we go, is it going to happen again? But they saw it through, and there was a lot of really um, promising performances which we'll come on to. But one thing that I thought that sort of stood out last night um, was, as I just mentioned, I thought the tempo, the, you know, uh, the Kings are quite a fast team and we're not a fast team. So I thought we'd done really well to control that tempo. But one of the most pleasing things is we didn't sort of resort to just throwing up freeze all the time. We was cutting Kelly Olinick, um, uh, Duncan Robertson was cutting really well. Um, and we, it, when we found that success, we stuck to it all the way through the game. And I thought that was such a key to last night's victory. Do you agree? Absolutely. I think I was talking with um, another heat beat guy, Alphonse Sidney, been on your show before. Um, yep. He was basically at halftime, we were saying the same thing that, you know, they were attacking the rim with success. And Alf was just like, I hope they remember that coming out of the half, like that they can do this because we've seen it time and time again, where even when they find success going to the rim, that just after halftime, they come out and they they seem to forget that and they just start chucking up threes and it's been, it was nice to see the consistency. They didn't get lazy. They played an entire 48 minutes, despite, you know, uh, there were times where the Kings tried to, I think, creep back, creep back into the game. It wasn't a blowout by any means, but they did play a full 48 minutes. They played like a team that really needed this win. Um, and I think it should inspire some confidence, the fact that they were able to do that for the entire game without, you know, resorting to the threes. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I mentioned on our pre-game show um, before this game that uh, Kelly Olynyk was either absolutely brilliant or absolutely awful. There's no in-between this season with Kelly. I sympathise with Kelly because he's he's sort of the best of the bad lot at the moment for our, our, our position in the four. Um, so he's holding it down. Last night, he was exceptional. Um, there was a sort of um, audition off, if you like, between him and, uh, and Belitza, who we've been quite heavily linked with. Um, but Kelly's performance last night, that's arguably his best of the season. Yeah, I thought Kelly played really well. And I do think he, you're right that he's gotten a lot of flack, um, maybe undeservedly, because, you know, he hasn't been playing great, but nobody's been playing great. And he is by far their best power forward right now. Um, we've talked a lot about Bielitsa. Um, I would like to see him on this team, but I don't think I don't think he replaces Kelly. I think it would be nice to have him if they can get him in addition to Kelly yeah. to kind of have that reserve. But it was interesting to see because Bielitsa played, you know, he had 25 points, eight rebounds, three assists. He had a pretty good game as well. He was playing really impressively. I think it was clear that he he was trying to impress Pat Riley, maybe. Uh, yeah. yeah, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I'm not sure it's a massive upgrade. So I think if you could get um, both of them in there I think uh, yeah. that, that would be that would that would be a win I think we consider that as a win so that would be great um, my favorite moment of the night last night was Bam Adebayo dunking all over the former backup uh, so the backup Kings center I sound like. <laughs> um, that was fantastic and then also at the end of the game the cameras picked up um, whilst uh, we hoped that Bam was doing a bit of recruiting, talking to uh, Aaron Fox um, he was completely blanking Hassan Whiteside as well what did you make of that moment? I think we all, um, I, I've got no ill will towards Whiteside, but it is, it's always nice to see, um, I think, Bam kind of, you know, show something against the former teammate. It's a satisfying moment. And I think Bam has had some struggles recently. 
And, you know, I think he's had an overall impressive season, but it, it was nice to see him get the triple-double and Jimmy, you know, get another triple-double. Yep. They're playing great. Um, I think it's clear um, that Bam and Jimmy have given you no reason to uh, lack any confidence in them, right? Like, that core is stable. That's strong. You have something strong to build around. And if you're hoping for them to kind of get out of this hole where they're under 500, you, you have no worries that um, whatever trade you're going to make that Jimmy and Bam give you a certain um, level on deep, both defense and offense where, uh, you know, there's some stability there, even if you make some kind of wholesale changes. Cause I don't expect this roster to say that stay the same past the deadline. No, I don't either. We'll come on to that in a second. We'll, uh, we'll throw a couple of names up there and get your thoughts on that. But um, you lead me on quite nicely there with, um, you said that the, the core is good, which it definitely is. Now, this is a team that, when you look at, for example, performances like last night, which is a very good performance, um, several players played exceptionally well. Obviously, two triple-doubles from um, Butler and Bam. We had um, Tyler Harrow, who uh, top-scored, I think, with 27 points, if I remember rightly. Um, Kendrick Nunn with a nice subtle 16 points. He was looking good as well. He looked bright in rhythm at the moment. As we've already mentioned, Kelly Olynyk was very good as well. Um, there was lots of great performances there. So when we're, when we're winning, the team looks good. But when we're losing, I know this is quite, a, it, it seems like an obvious thing to say, but when we're losing, it seems like it's a very bad team and there's so many holes. Um, now, we, we, I, we've spoke about it. I'm sure you guys have as well, is when you look at it on when we are losing, you look at the, the needs for a genuine um, point scorer, so somebody that can comfortably get you mid twenties to early thirties every game. I'm not sure that he had that. Um, we, we asking asking a lot of Butler to do that week in week out or day in day out. Um, we don't really have any real rim protection. We're struggling, obviously, as we've said at the four. So there seems like a lot of positions and a lot of areas that do need to be addressed when we're losing. Um, from your point of view, what would you say that is the most urgent? Do you think it's more like um, a genuine point guard or somebody that is going to throw up 25 points every night guaranteed? Or do you see it more in defensive point of view? What, what would you go for if you, the, the, the glaring, glaringly obvious area for improvement? Well, I think there are a lot of areas and I think you address to them. Uh, as weird as it seems, like they have been a good defensive team, right? I think they're yeah. like top five in the league in defense. And there are certain things that like they give up a lot of threes and that's a big reason why you know, the Clippers and Warriors game, like those teams were able to come back because you have like Morris going off from three or, you know, you leave Steph open or something like that. Um, I I don't think the defense is the biggest issue though. I think the biggest change between last year and this year, where even last year, they weren't an exceptional defensive team, not like they are this year, but they were a really good shooting team last year and they're not a good shooting team this year. They have, I think one 40% three point shooter um, in Avery Bradley and Duncan Robinson's at like 39% or something, but they just don't have the volume. They don't have like a Jay Crowder who was shooting, you know, kind of out of his mind last year. He's shooting like above 40%. You had Tyler hero who was shooting really well from three. And I think part of the reason the team looked really good last night is like, Kendrick Nunn went four for eight from three. Duncan Robinson was able to get free and get 20 points, but with defenses keying in on Robinson, and if you don't have any other shooters out there, it really looks rough. Um, So I think they need shooting and just generally scoring. And I think a point guard would really help to, um, because I think 
turnovers have been a big issue for them. And I think you can't trust Goron to be in the lineup very consistently because I just think coming off the injury last year in a shortened off season, um, it would be nice to take some pressure off of him and then get somebody who can, can kind of handle the offense because I think we've seen Tyler Hero is not yeah. best suited to play point guard. It would be nice to have somebody who can take control, take a little pressure off of guys like Jimmy Butler and Goron and Bam who um, can handle the ball and can create a little bit but are not you know true point guards or in Goron's case is a little older. So scoring and playmaking I think is where they need to fill that need, whether it's at point guard or power forward, however they do it. It's just, they need some offensive firepower. I totally agree with you. So now I'm going to put you on the spot and say, so who is that player then that could be available? Because not necessarily right now. Um, if we decide to just make some tweaks at the moment, which is what I believe they will do. I think there'll be a couple of tweaks, a couple of moves. But um, if we're going to become challengers again, um, I don't see us as challenges right now. I think that we could, we will improve, we'll be fine. Um, we can make a, a playoff run, but I don't see us as challenges at the moment. I'll see us improving after the deadline. That's it. Um, but you, what you just said there is, uh, I totally echo. So who's the name that comes into mind? Is it easy enough to just say Bradley Bill, or do we do we think that's out of reach? I, I think Bradley Beal is out of reach right now. I just don't think. I've always been, I think, more pessimistic about that than most because it just. I've never gotten any indication that he wants to leave Washington. And I think it's kind of similar to the Giannis thing where um, I think there has been with some of the younger stars in the league, some pushback against um, the Durant's and the LeBron's kind of going from team to team and seeing that fan reaction. Right. I think that's what Giannis said. And I think Beal alluded to something similar where they really wanted to be known for being loyal and Giannis didn't want to see his jersey get burned and stuff like that. So until I hear out of Beal's mouth or like a really good report, a series of reports that he wants out, yeah. I just don't trust that they're going to get him. Yeah. Um, I was big on Oladipo earlier um, in the season. I'm a little more down on that now. I think my big thing is uh, I think Lonzo Ball is the most promising if you want to talk about um, he looks better as a shooter. I think he gives your defense something it doesn't have. He's a pretty good point of attack defender and he's relatively young. I think the hope would be that you get him working with Spo and you can really maximize his game. And I think the improvement in his shooting is a testament to his work ethic. Yeah. So I think that's a, the kind of guy that the heat would really like to get their hands on. And um, he's attainable, right? Like a Beal is obviously better than Lonzo ball. If you can get Beal, you can, you go after him, but Lonzo's in, on an expiring deal. He might be attainable in the trade market or he might be attainable as a free agent pretty soon. Mm. I don't think he's like a superstar that changes your team's direction, but I think he's more than like a Bielitsa or um, like Rudy Gay, mm -hmm. who, you know, I think those are the, the tweaks we're expecting to see that don't make them a contender again, but make them a more competitive playoff team. But I think in the long run, Lonzo Ball is the name I'm looking at. The John Collins has been talked about a little bit. I'd be interested in that. I don't see it happening. I just there hasn't been much connecting him to the Heat. I know he's a hometown person. Like I think it would be cool to have that kind of connection. He's from South Florida, and he would be an interest interesting fit next to Bam. Not a perfect fit, but 
I think it would work. And he, again, is like a 23 year old who I think um, changes the math long-term. Um, it's somebody you can work with in the future, but I think Lonzo is a little more likely. Yeah, okay, that's that's interesting. I mean, uh, yeah, John Collins, I think um, if he's available, which are, you know looks like he is gonna be available, um, you know, that's somebody due to his age and his athleticism. And uh, yeah, I think that that's someone that everybody, every team is going to be looking at. Um, I think what we've heard is that the Hawks are going to be looking for some sort of draft compensation, which Miami aren't exactly uh, blessed with at the moment. So yeah, maybe a little bit unrealistic. But yeah, Lonzo Ball is a name that's come up recently. Um, uh, if you're on our website, guys, go and check out uh, MiamiHitUK.com because our latest contrib contributor, uh, Jack Cummins has just wrote an article about this and Lonzo Ball is on that, uh, a name on there. So go and check that out. But yes, um, Lonzo is a player that I like. He's a player that can do a bit of everything. I totally agree with you. What you said, it's not necessarily the name that's going to um, make you a genuine contender, but it's, it's somebody that will work very well within this organisation under our coaching. Um, so uh, that would be a name I'd be very interested in to see us uh, pursue. Um, just very quickly on the on the Giannis. This isn't something I, uh, I uh, sort of plan to bring up, but... Um, you know, we, we spoke very quickly there about waiting for the next player like a Bradley Beal and the, the, what that can do to the detriment of the team if you just go out waiting for a player that has never really given a true indication that it's going to come, i.e. Giannis in this summer. Um, what happens if the Bucks, who are currently on a five-game losing streak, what if they end up first, second-round exit this year? Does all of this come back round again? And does Giannis, say Giannis decides I've had enough and um, suddenly now he's back, do we, do we start again with this, with this pursuit? I mean, I think the nature of NBA, it, the nature of the NBA and specifically the way the Miami Heat operate is they're always going to be courting guys like Giannis, right? Like Pat Riley wants to get Giannis on this team and there's no way he's given up on it. My thing is more so that I think the failure of this offseason um, was not that they went after Giannis. It's more so that they went after Giannis in lieu of other plans, right? That they kind of, once they were out on Giannis, they really didn't have anything except for Mo Harkless and Avery Bradley, which are not the wonderful additions you want to see a team make after such a promising season where they were right at the cusp of victory. Yeah. Um, you really want to see something a little more substantial than that. Um, they got a little worse in the offseason. That was disappointing. So I think it's totally realistic to think you know, maybe if the Bucks fail again, maybe Giannis kind of changes his mind and says, hey, I want to be on another team. Hopefully that's Miami. And in that case, I think, um, yeah, you do whatever you can to make that happen. But my criticism of, uh, or maybe not a criticism, my, my caveat would be that I don't think you should wait around for him I think you make the moves you're going to make assuming he's not going to come and then if he really wants to be in Miami you can move heaven and earth to get him here and I think that was the same thing that happened with Jimmy Butler right they did not have the space to get Jimmy Butler yeah. but Jimmy Butler wanted to be in Miami and they found a way to move Hassan they found a way to move Jay Rich and they cleared space for him and I think you can always do that in the NBA I think no contract is untradeable and I think Pat and Andy Ellisberg are competent enough where if a star really wants to be here, cap space is not going to be an issue. There are tons of obstacles, but there are none. So, uh, yes, that's, uh, that's yeah, a good point. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see what happens again, Giannis. It could be a completely theoretical thing, but 
Um, in the words of Michael Scott, I'm ready to get hurt again. So uh, we'll leave that there. <laughs> um, let's have a quick preview with uh, the, the last two games of this West Coast trip. Now, as we've already alluded to, um, some real frustrating uh, defeats. We previewed this as you would take a four and three before this started out of these seven games. Uh, the best we're going to do now is... Um, Arguably a three and four. Who knows? Um, that four and three could still come. It would mean taking both of these last two games against the Lakers and the Thunder. But um, that's why those those two games that you know the Clippers and the and the Warriors game was so frustrating because both were there. Both 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 teams were shorthanded. So we could look back on that and really um, really regret it. But just as uh, you know, it just shows how quick things can change and how short sighted and uh, fickle we all are. After one win. I'm now looking at them games and thinking, well, you know, I, I'll take, I, I'm feeling okay about this game, you know, especially the Lakers. Um, they're without AD. They lost again last night. Um, we can give this a good game, can't we? I think so. I think you have the advantage of it being sort of a revenge game, right? I think yeah. Bam and Jimmy really want to beat the Lakers. I don't think they're going to lay down. I think they're going to bring a different energy than they brought to the Clippers and Warriors game which is infuriating in its own way, right? Like you yeah. think if they can summer the, summon the energy to beat the Lakers, surely they can summon the energy to beat the Clippers without four starters and, or whatever, however, however many players they were missing. They seem to be missing every, everybody and it didn't matter for them. But yeah. no, I mean, I think it's kind of an any given night scenario. Um, they have NBA star level talent, the Heat do, um, and they have players who, can get hot, right? I think Tyler Hero can get hot. Duncan Robinson, if he can get loose. Kendrick Nunn, like you said, has been playing pretty well. Kelly Olynyk's been playing pretty well. And I think all of those things combine into, um, you can really, you should be able to beat anybody on any given night if you're motivated enough and if you're hot enough. Mm. I'm not going to put money on the game necessarily. Wise. Very yeah. wise. I, I, I just don't trust this Heat team enough. And even in the scenario that they do beat the Lakers, I think we're all at the point with this Heat team where we agree that no matter how they play, they need to make some sort of move because they have very clear issues that are not going to be solved by them just playing harder. There are like yeah. legitimate roster holes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, yeah, I think it's uh, yeah, wise not to put money on it, but I think that it would be it would be so Miami Heat to be literally in the latest downfall of of uh, Heat Twitter civil war, and then literally a, a win against the Kings and a win against the Lakers, and we'd suddenly be unbearable again. And I absolutely love it. I'm here for that. So yeah, we'll see. Um, I, I think it will be. Um, I think it'll be a really good game. I'm really looking forward to that. At last, we're not looking at a 3 a.m. tip over here. Well, that's not much better. I think half one, but, uh, but that, that's nice in, its, in itself. So I'm really looking forward to that game. Um, Tyler Harrow, you just mentioned there. Um, sophomore Tyler, um, he's gone from 13-4-2 in his rookie year to 17-6-4. Since he's gone back to the bench, right, coming off as sixth man, um, he's been exceptional. I, I, I'm not putting, you know, he didn't, it, I'm not going to do him down because I don't think he did badly at point. It just didn't really work. Um, so I think that um, now that uh, Goron came in and done a good job to, to bring that back, but now he's injured. Now Kendrick Nunn's come back in and his points have been invaluable because this was somebody who was just no longer in the faults, no longer in the rotation. And suddenly he's back as a useful NBA rotation player. So um, what are your thoughts on, on Tyler, especially um, his rise already from year one to year two, he looks sharp. He looks confident. He looks like he, he could almost start becoming a bit of a leader in this team. Um, and he's only 21 years old. It's pretty exciting, Matt. 
Yeah, I think there's a lot to be encouraged by. Uh, he did not get the full NBA offseason that you would have hoped for for him. Yeah. So I think you have to account for that in any judgment of how he's improved. But he has improved significantly, I think. Um, his three-point numbers are a little bit down, which I'm not worried about. I think he has a pretty beautiful shot, um, and he's he's getting points elsewhere. Um, and I, I think those three-point numbers are a little bit of a, an anomaly, and they'll come back around. Um, but I think he's improved a lot. I think he's been asked to do a little too much at certain points. I think the point guard experiment was a little fine, but um, they just need wins more right now, and they can't really afford to um, play with those kinds of experiments. But um, I think he's been encouraging. I think he's been good. He's improved a lot. Um, there's no reason to be discouraged by his play. My position on him is. Um, that he's good and that he's going to be good. Like, uh, but I don't think he is in that untouchable class yet. Um, and I don't want to think of him as an asset. I really, I'm a big fan of Tyler hero. I think he's a really fun player and no matter what, I'm going to root for him, but I think he is. Um, I think the way this team is structured right now, you have Bam and Jimmy and then you have everybody else. Yeah. And as great as Tyler has been, I still have a question about where his ceiling is at because there are still defensive questions. It's not a lack of effort. There are just physical limitations that he has that um, he's a little skinny, he's a little small. He is not super um, equipped to ever become a great defender. And I think that that puts a limit on him. And I, I, what I see him as, I think he's going to be um, a really good six man in this league, like a really, really good one. Like one of the best, like a six man of the year candidate every year. Um, but I still haven't seen enough from him to say confidently that he has all-star games in his future or, start him in his future. And maybe that's a little bit unfair. And like, if anybody thinks that he can be a star, I'm not going to argue with them. Yeah. I think, you know, I'm not going to bet against Tyler hero, but I still have not seen enough to say that he is the future of the Miami heat. If that makes sense. It does make sense. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah. I think that that's, that's sort of his ceiling. I think the ceiling will be an all-star for him. I think that um, he's completely got the capabilities to do so. Um, it's still a bit early to tell yet. Yeah, you're totally right. In the modern NBA, you need to be a good defender as well. And uh, he's not really built for that. So that is a struggle for him. So um, a lot of people, um, when the Harden trade was being circulated, split the fan base with, do you give up uh, everyone, basically, for Harden? Mainly your three key assets, which is uh, Duncan, Tyler and uh, Precious. Um, let's say Bradley Bill decides that he is leaving in the morning. He comes up with his latest L and uh, furiously decides he's leaving and the Miami Heat are on the phone. Um, do you do that trade? Oh, Precious, Tyler, Duncan for Bradley Bill? I think so. I think yeah. you have to at this point. Just it's clearly not working as is. They're below 500. It's This team does not look like it's going to get back to being a contender. You need a pretty big shakeup. So I don't think you need, you can be shy about trading anybody. And Bradley Beal is a guy who moves the needle and he's relatively young. I think he's 27 or 28. So he's in his prime. 
you've got plenty of years left in his prime. Um, it it just changes everything about your franchise, and he I think he fills almost every need you have. Not not necessarily at the four or defensively, but he gives you a, a scorer that you haven't had in in years. Like I I forgot what the number is, but like I think they have like the fewest 40 point games or yeah something like that. Like yeah. the numbers are startling. They just have not had a really great score since, you know, Dwayne Wade and LeBron. Yeah. So um, it would change everything for them. Yeah. I think the, the, the fan base have sort of learned now that, uh, yeah, it's uh, people fall in love with potential and prospects and um, there's nothing like the real article. And um, I think this time around, a lot of people that were saying no, uh, wouldn't make the same mistake again. They would be on board with that. So, right, before you, uh, before I let you go, Jack, um, I've got one last segment here, which is a little game, a little bit of fun, um, where I've put in, uh, as I said, we're, we're not really sure what this team is, if it's good, if it's not good. So what I've decided to do is I'm going to put in our five best players, or our five starters, if you like, and then I've put five players around the league um, that I think are on a par, um, whether it's potential, whether it's ability right now, et cetera. Um, and I want to see who you who you take out of, uh, out of each player. So are you ready for this? Okay. Okay. So the first player then, would you rather have Jimmy Butler or Bradley Bill? Jimmy Butler. I, I, I've, I've never been more impressed by any player than I have been by Jimmy Butler. Like, I think that playoff run was a religious experience for me where <laughs> it changed the way I thought about basketball. I think he is a special player that um, is the guy, kind of guy who can deliver a championship for you. I'm not sure about that with Bradley Beal. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, Bradley, obviously, le a league-leading scorer. We all love him. We'd love him on our team one day. Um, yeah. But Jimmy Butler gives you so much more. I think he's just uh, one of the only true leaders in this league. Um, he can do everything. So that is the right answer. I, I totally agree with you, Jack. Okay, next one. This is a little bit tricky. Maybe not. It might be quite easy to think, to sort of snap reaction with this. But you've got to take into um, you know consideration age, potential, and availability. So this is Bam at a bio. Or Joel Embiid? Uh, that's unfair. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Joel Embiid is without a doubt the better player right now. Yes, I think absolutely. he is. Um, and he's having a great permitting. Well. I think he is the, like, he he's who I would vote for MVP right now. Yeah. I think he's been that great. And the only thing that can stop him is really health, right? That Sixers team is incredible with him. Um, they just don't lose with him on the floor. And he's unstoppable. I am such a fan of Bam's game, though. I really am just everything about Bam's game. I love. Um, if I'm being perfectly objective, I would have to say Embiid. But in my heart of hearts, I think I gotta go with Bam Adebayo. It's, it's a tough one. It really is. Um, my brother is a Philadelphia 76ers fan, and I said this to him about a year ago that I would rather keep Bam than Joel. And he laughed in my face. And then it wasn't that much, it wasn't that much like, I think it was during that run last season, that bubble run that he said, you know what? I totally get why you said that. Not necessarily saying who is the better player. Joel is the better player right now, obviously. But he said, no, look, I, I laughed at you, but you, that, you yeah, that's, a, that's a good take. So, okay, right. Next one then. Um, Tyler Harrow or Devin Booker? Oh, Devin Booker, I think for sure. I really like Tyler Hero, but... If he's ever Devin Booker, that is, yeah, that is wonderful. That's but Devin Booker is already Devin Booker. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> like, Devin Booker is a really incredible player who can do everything offensively that you want a player to do. 
He can score in every single way possible. He has a bit of a post game, which I don't think Tyler Hero is ever going to have. I don't think that's necessarily a huge knock against Tyler Hero. I think he scores in other ways. But I think Devin Booker has the body and the ability and the skill where he can attack you in the post. He can drive. He can shoot. Like, he can do everything on the court. And I just don't see Tyler getting to that point. And, I think that you know. yeah, I think that's that's a pretty straightforward one. I'm with you again. Um, I mean, yeah, as you just said, if Tyler Hero becomes Devin Booker, then he's exceeded expectations in my opinion because we've got a lot of hype for him. Um, but uh, yeah, Devin Booker is one of uh, one of the league's special players. So let's hope that Tyler can reach those levels. But yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, at the moment, 100%, you would take Devin. Okay, two specialists: uh, Duncan Robinson or Buddy Hill. Oh, that's interesting. Um. I think Buddy Heald gives you a little more versatility. Yeah. But I think Duncan is just one of the best shooters I've ever seen. And I know he's not having the most amazing year, but I wouldn't fault him for that, right? I think it's because they don't have much shooting around him that offenses or defenses are keying in on him. Yeah. And that he he makes that heat offense go. If he gets free... The Heat offense looks wonderful. If he doesn't, they look not great. I don't know if Buddy Heald can do that for you as much as he makes up for it in other areas. So that's a close one. I think that's a really interesting question that I think there would be a lot of disagreements um, among Heat fans. And um, I know some Heat beat people might be mad at me for saying this, but I'm going to go with Duncan. Fair enough. No, I think it's a really close one. I think it's um you wouldn't you wouldn't mind if you was picking five aside teams here, you wouldn't mind which one of them ended up on your team. Um, I think it's a close one. I would probably just shade for Buddy um for the reasons you just said. I think maybe defensively is a little bit better as well. But um yeah, Robinson he's had uh, he's added ups and downs. Great to see him back. I think he knocked down five threes last night, if I remember rightly. Um so good to see him join the party again. But uh yeah, he struggled a bit this year, mainly because teams have figured him out and that's the luxury you get in your first season. Uh, yeah. people learn while you're on the job. So uh We'll see what happens with, with Duncan. Um, right, last one then. Um, considering as though this could be um, a reality, uh, Kelly Olinick or um, Bielitsa? I always struggle with his name. Um, that is a really tough one. I, I think it's Kelly Olinick because I think, I think Bielitsa is an offensive upgrade. He's a better shooter than Olinick. Yeah. Um, he, he's definitely an offensive upgrade. I think Olenek has helped the defense as much as that. I, I think people might scoff at that, but if you look at the lineup numbers, he helps this team on defense. He plays well next to Bam on both ends. And I think he had a really big shooting slump early in the year. And I don't expect that to continue. I think, um, He's been a really good player for the Heat ever since he joined the team. And as much as I'd like the elites on the team, I think it would have to be an addition to Olenek. I think if you move from Olenek to Bielitsa, like it's a lateral move at best, and you might be getting a little worse. Um, It definitely makes your defense a little worse. So I think I'd side with Olenek. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that um, I'm not overwhelmed with the uh, with the links. I'm not going to be disappointed if it happens, especially when you see what he did last night. He had a great game. But um, yeah, I think that Kelly, um, he deserves to he deserves a chance. I think if, if it's going to happen, I'd like to see it. As you've alluded to, I'd like to see it be both of them together on the same team. So yeah, I think another close one. Um, but I'm with you. I'll stick with Kelly just 
So I think we're pretty much in in sync there. I, I know we think we split we split the Robinson and Hield, but we're going. So it's it's Butler. Um, yeah, we said Bam, didn't we? We said Bam just Butler, <laughs> Bam, Booker, Hield, yeah. Robinson. We're not sure on, and uh, Kelly we're singing with as well. So that's a pretty good team. That's a that's a finals team. I'm pretty sure of that. Um, Jack, that was good fun. I really enjoyed talking to you. Um, where can everybody, if they don't know, and I'm sure they do, but uh, your fantastic show with all the rest of the guys over at Heat who do a brilliant job. Pre-game shows, half-time uh, shows, and of course, hangover time, post-game shows. Where can everybody find that? Yeah, so um, I'm on Miami Heat Beat. Uh, I do the pre-game show every, every game 30 minutes before tip-off on our Twitch channel. Um, and on that same Twitch channel, you can find hangover time that I'm on pretty frequently right after tip off goes an hour or more. Um, sometimes it goes on longer and we've had some fun guests. We had Sedano, George Sedano of ESPN and on recently and Alf Sydney's the host of that. And it's been really great. And sometimes I'm on the podcast, which, which comes out, um, on non game days. And that's with Giancarlo Navas, um, it's been fun. It's been a really fun year and we've had fun uh, seeing you in the chat and we've had fun, uh, I think, interacting with you and having a, a new member of the Heat podcasting content community. And I'm, I'm excited that I got to be on this pod finally. Yeah, no, it's been great to have you on. It is a brilliant show. As I said, I can never make, I think I've made one hangover time, um, but obviously because of the time difference, I <laughs> think that hard. was during an early tip. Um, but I'm normally in the uh, in the pregame uh, chat, causing uh, causing a bit of fun. So it is a brilliant show. If you don't uh, check it out, please do so on their Twitch. Follow the Miami Heat beat on Twitter as well. Um, yeah, it, God bless all your livers, but uh, you do a great job. So uh, <laughs> so keep it up. Um, also, Jack, where can everybody find you personally on Twitter? Um, I'm at at Alfonso Hoops um, on Twitter, so you can follow me there. Yep, usually um, trolling, locked on heat, etc. Um, <laughs> A little uh, bit, yeah. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great follow. Please go and follow Jack. Um, okay, we'll leave it there. Thanks very much again for joining me. Um, we'll do this again sometime, definitely. Um, until then, let's hope we finish this road trip strongly. Let's let, let's let's go for a four and three. But if not, let's at least pick up that thunder win. Let's go three and four. All things considered, that wouldn't be the worst. Uh, we'll be back next week with another show. We'll have the UK guys back with us. Um, and of course, remember, pre-game, 8.30 UK, 3.30 in the US. Uh, this is game day from the UK on our YouTube channel. Please check it out and get in the chat and involved and subscribe. Until then, guys, stay safe and we'll see you soon. You've been listening to Heating Up the UK. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts to ensure you never miss a show. Also, go give us a follow on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by finding our page at the Miami Heat UK. And subscribe to our YouTube channel, Miami Heat UK TV, for our latest shows and fun content. That's your Miami Heat from across the pond. Covered. Thanks for listening.